Hello, and what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 29 of the Psych War Podcast. We're getting real close to 30, bro. I had no idea that I would keep doing these, but I guess I am. But without further ado, I know you all want to hear the music. Today, we're going to talk about several topics, and it is one being the friend zone, two being mental manipulation and traits and habits and styles of manipulators, and then a brief look into the styles of lovers and love dynamics covered in The Art of Seduction. Now, leading on with the first topic, the friend zone. What the fuck does that even mean? Now, obviously we all know what it means. Somebody tells you that when they either don't feel as strongly about you as you feel about them, or they don't want to mess up something, or so-and-so, so-and-so, and maybe they're just saying that is a nice way to get out of the thing. Who knows? But... For the person that's being told to just be a friend when you're already infatuated with the person, it's pretty hard. But let's break this shit down. Commonly in today's culture, the friend zone, is a situation in which one member of a friendship or relationship wishes to enter into a romantic or sexual relationship while the other does not. And the sense of the word zone in it, because you obviously see where the friend comes from, the sense of the word zone is one being stuck in an unwanted and distant relationship. Flashback to the Unrequited Love episode. But these aren't the same thing. Now, because I already know I have people who would disagree with me on saying the friend zone exists, and a lot of people would just be like, it's just a place for incels who can't accept platonic female friendship. I will make the astute observation and say that the friend zone is a place of unwanted feelings and fucking manipulation because it's not just particular to dudes it's not just particular to women it's a thing that happens to everybody so first of all fuck you nothing exists you're listening to this episode which shows that you acknowledge that the friend zone exists or you wouldn't be listening to this episode not to be a dick about it but I feel I reform, I'm referring more when I speak of it to the zone part of it, a little more than the friend part, because I, for one, am not easily physically intimate. I actually have to feel a connection to pursue you romantically. I'm different than some people. Some people fuck on the first day. Some people don't fuck until marriage. That's their business, guys. It's your business how fast your clock goes. But secondly, this ties into what I spoke about, like I said, in in the Unrequited Love episode. And it's the subtle but real issues when it comes to the levels of infatuation and attraction. And there's many styles of lovers, not confused with the last video of love dynamics, but there are many styles of lovers which all factor into the type of love you give and the type you receive. I like, I like to think, or I do, I think the point of the friend zone is to be friends, right? No. Some people don't want you as their significant other. Some people want to fuck you. I know a lot of people probably have dealt with that. I don't know if you've ever been a dude and got used for dick when that wasn't your intentions from the start, but boy, it's not fun. Actually, do I? I don't have any experience with that, so let me say it's not fun. Raw, raw. But I know people. (laughs) But even if it's not for, like, a sexual thing, sometimes people will, like, have you there to fulfill a need that they want. Sometimes they want somebody to pay attention to them. Sometimes they want to be held. Sometimes they want to be desired. 
Maybe because somebody else isn't giving it to them. Maybe because they didn't get it. But for some reason, they need those needs met. But the manipulation doesn't necessarily end sometimes. Now, if you friends on someone or say, we should just be friends, I don't know about anyone else. I'm usually cool, even in a non-relationship like setting, when I fall out with somebody. And they're just like, bro, fuck it. I ain't even just going to be that cool with you no more. Or when I've had certain people call me two-faced because I've told, in my opinion, the honest opinion about them. But I'm very harsh with my honest opinion sometimes. But like I said, cool. You won't get intimacy from me. That sounds simple, right? Now, for everybody, that's not that fucking easy. Like, just like with the unrequited love thing, and as I'm going to talk more about it as I get into, like, not only, like, the level of the manipulation that goes down, but also the different styles of lovers and the art of seduction, is that it is not that simple. Especially if you communicate. It, it should be simple. Especially if you communicate to the other party in these situations, right? Like, there shouldn't be anything bad going on in this part of life. Life is simple. But guess what? There's nothing simple in life. Especially fucking humans. Now, before I talk deeper on the manipulation part of because I've already told you how they'll use you for sex, to fulfill their needs, to fulfill their wants, etc., etc., what do I mean by intimacy? I don't specifically mean sexual. I mean treating something or someone as something other than platonic. Having your presence can be considered intimate. Holding hands can be considered intimate. Tiny gestures of approval can be considered intimate. Sleeping over, going out together introducing each other to each other's friends that is considered intimate you wouldn't do that with somebody that you were considering just a friend but sometimes people do sometimes people do it intentionally and it leads to this whole fucked up game where they're just basically like in a in a real sense using you but if you're gonna friend zone or just be friends with someone that you know is genuinely like genuinely infatuated with you that that's the issue when it comes to this guys that's why most people are like butt hurt when they get put in the friend zone it's because they were infatuated to that person they like that person they like that person and they may have known them in an intimate way and now they will never get to know that person in an intimate way again because they just want to be friends and that's hard for some people it actually is and i can understand it but don't disrespect not only their feelings by keeping them around to satisfy the needs you have. Don't, don't don't disrespect them. Don't disrespect their peace of mind, whether it be physical, sexual, mental. Don't tell them you want them around when you want what they do for you and not them. It's the same thing if this is happening. You have to pay attention. When does this person want you around? Why do they want you around? Like, some people want to be friends because they're not done living their lives. They still want to be out there wild and free. Or maybe they have somebody else that they're reserving that slot for. That's just how it is. Like I said, don't tell them you want them. Don't let somebody tell you that and then clearly show you signs where they're not. Like, I have personal life experiences with it and countless friends that have the experiences with it. Because I'm not going to lie, I'm a fucking nerd, and a lot of my friends are fucking nerds. So we're not, like, your typical dudes. So, like, certain certain of my friends, are they're not, they're not the best at approaching women. They're, they're just not. 
And sometimes they approach a girl and it doesn't just end with, oh, I want to be friends. It's, oh, I want to be friends, but she still goes out with him. She still does things for him. And hey, bro, if that's what you're willing to do to try and get the viable attention of that female, you can do that. And you're a fucking simp. Actually, <laughs> uh, that that that's a later episode. That simp episode is going to be really fucking good. But basically, if you're just going to use somebody for what they can give you, what they've given you, and to fulfill some sick need that you have inside of you, you're fucking sick, and you are being a bad person, bro. Especially if you realize it and make excuses for yourself for doing it. Because you know what happens when you tell people, oh, I suck, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm just a terrible person, man, you know I fuck up. That's just a fucking excuse. You're saying that, in my opinion, people say that to not only deflect away from them being the topic, the subject of the conversation, but to also appeal to someone's apathy. Especially in this type of situation where we're talking about like the friend zone and manipulation. But it's just like with the unrequited love thing. Like, bro, imagine, I know someone going through this right now. Is it me? No, it's not me. <laughs> but basically, she was texted. She, she, she texted and hung out with this guy. The guy hung out with her, but prior, at the beginning of when shit may have went down, he didn't talk to her for a good period of time. She felt some type of way about it, but he came back. With that, I've already explained this several times in this podcast, guys, that that, that right there, it's breeding an air of want and mystery. You don't know enough about that person. You are infatuated with them. They were not the one. They are not the only one. They will never be the only one unless you actually bag them. And hey, hey, I guess if you did bag the one you want, then good job for you, my nigga. But, but, come on, man. Like, if, if you're too much of a fucking coward to tell them you don't actually want them for anything other than to fulfill your needs or how you feel, you're, you're a coward. You're a straight fucking coward, bro. There's no other word about it. Like, I don't even fucking care, bro. Just ghost the person. Tell the person you don't want to talk to them anymore. I'm not going to lie. The whole, like, wave on the internet that's people saying that, like, Oh, bro, sometimes I just don't respond. Bro, you don't think you don't... Nigga, who... who... I, I guarantee you you're responding to your mom. You're responding to your close friends. You're probably responding to your girl. You you pick and choose who you want to respond to, bro. Everybody does it. Don't, don't sugarcoat shit, my nigga. Just tell people what it is. Don't sugarcoat anything when you're trying to ask somebody what's going on. Ask them what it is. You can't let people just manipulate you and play with your head. It's not gonna fucking work out for you. You cannot just let them constantly push and pull on your heartstrings and have you judging yourself or whether you're a bad person for thinking they're a bad person for ignoring you or not reciprocating what's going on or not having the courage to say anything to you. This happens in a lot of situations, guys. This happened to me in high school with my fucking prom date. Names would not be disclosed, but if you went to my high school, you probably know the story. But basically, I, I, I'll give you the gist of it. There was a girl I really liked, and I asked her to prom. Things seem like they're going swimmingly. Until one day, I noticed. I ain't, I ain't gonna say I noticed. It was subconscious in the back of my head. I always waited for her to come outside of her classes. She never waited for me. Now, 
as it goes by, seems like she doesn't care that I'm tagging along. I'm thinking, you know, oh, maybe she's just playing hard to get like a dumbass, a dumbass simp. But later on, bro, she ends up literally like fawning over one of my best friends at the time. Technically still is, but we don't talk as much. Lives are just, we live separate lives now. But she basically started talking to him. And like, he told me directly in front of her. He was like, bro, I don't, I, I, I didn't know, no. Because apparently they had something in the past. And then when I confronted her on it, no words. Just that I care too much about it. But that's just how some situations are. That's just how they are. And I did beat myself up over there for a minute. I always beat myself up over there in like situations like that. Because I feel like I'm, I feel like personally, due to the styles of manipulation that have been used on me throughout my life, that I am incredibly vigilant towards having somebody like get over on me or finesse me, even in my feelings or in my like monetary and like physical possessions. Like, I don't like that shit. But. I got I, the real point of going through this shit, guys, is you're supposed to like be able to identify it the next time it happens to you and go, yes, I'm not doing that again. All right, I got it. Like, if you know that a certain step in your house, like uh, on, on your balcony, is broken, are you going to try and step on that step every single time you go up the stairs and fall and hit your fucking face? Or are you going to remember it's there and just walk over it? I pray you're going to remember it's there and just walk over it. Because that's a lot of fucking head trauma. Trauma. <laughs> but just fucking tell people. The unknown is infinitely worse than what's going on in the present. And to provide context. Like, I, I kind of already provided context to what I consider ghosting. But really, I consider ghosting as ignoring anyone who is intimately close with you. Friends, family, etc. And I'm sorry if you have justifications for this. You're likely a young person. You can afford to cut people out of your life easily. Kudos to you. But I guarantee you, you only do it to the people you label as disposable. Face it in your own way. Maybe I'm just talking out the side of my fucking ass. Maybe I'm a little salty about stuff that went on in my life. Or maybe you're just a literal ego-tripping, man manipulating maniac. Oh, who knows, bro? <laughs> Either way, sever the connection with this type of person, whether you are the manipulator, because if you're listening to this, you're an asshole for doing it. But either sever the connection or don't be surprised that the other person actually can communicate what they want properly. But of course we make excuses. Like I said, these often include the, I suck, I'm a terrible person. Yes, you are. You're a manipulator and that is the definition of toxic. Deflection from the fucking issue. By painting themselves as, lo as like less than or lowering their value, they force the other person in the situation to drop the issue. Like I said. I stated this a little bit earlier. If that person isn't the type to just pile on. But we all wouldn't be human if we didn't manipulate others to survive. I will admit that. Bro, you're not going to make it in the world if you don't manipulate people. Like, you can be as cut and dry as you want. Like, let's say you want your buddy to go somewhere and you think it's super fun. And you tell him about it. And he's like, oh, no, man. And then you go, bro, there's going to be so many, like, blank, blank, blank there. And he's like, damn, that does sound fun. You know damn well those things aren't going to be there. He gets there and has fun. You still lied to him. You still manipulated him to get him there. But y'all have fun, so it's all good. You still manipulated him. You manipulate people every day. You you have to. That's how that's just what humans are. It's it's a part of us surviving. But you shouldn't feel shame for that. You have needs. 
And you have wants that often cannot be satisfied alone. Whether for food or shelter or to fit in, we play each other on a day-to-day fucking basis for these simple yet long-ass brutal games, bro. Why? Because that's just the way it is. People have many different styles of attraction and styles of lovers. You all will always hear me say as humans we vary, so nothing is just going to be the way it is to the last detail. This is shown amazingly, and we're segueing to the last topic here. This is shown amazingly in Robert Greene's book, The Art of Seduction. Because when I started reading this book shortly after encountering the situation we're speaking about today in my life, I sought to understand like what went on, as I always do, because that's the type of person I am. And I wanted to understand the psychology of intimacy or my garbage self-interpretation of it, at least. <laughs> at least, bro. But in it, I began to understand more beyond my personal perspective and like my personal hangups. And that these types of manipulations like and appeals to people's vanity and self-ego have existed since the dawn of time, bro. Now, let's talk about some of these styles. Now, one particular one that most people will probably instantly re- recognize, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and paraphrase them here, but it's the siren. The siren is typically a female, and they, they're usually women who represent adventure and change. Typically, they develop their persona and charm on the premise that their partners are always looking for a variety of experiences, and they're the ones to give it to them. She's the girl that's done all this. She's the girl that's traveled. She's the one that's going to look good with, you, with her on your arm. The charm lies in an almost like, almost like theater-like and like just pleasing visually experience, which is created through like elaborate attire, and it makes the air of seduction. Like, if you, obviously, guys, if you were to look at any e-girl or any cosplayers, a lot of the times, it's not just that, oh, my God, she's so attractive, she's so beautiful. A lot of the times, it's the, like, fabulous appearance that she's wearing. She stands out. She pops. And that's that's what attracts people. It's low-key like the peacocking thing, if you really want to be honest. But... Often the thing about the siren is that they're often a bit coy, they're glamorous and regal, and they live a life of leisure and comfort. But the thing about them is they have an instant effect on a lot of different people. Because keep in mind, the sirens can also be males, but they are typically females. Typically, the majority. They have an instant effect due to their sexual appeal, which lies in calm, unhurried, like, they don't rush. It's just cold, calculated attitude. Combined with a dazzling appearance, they're, they're, they're almost like fucking dangerous. And it makes you pursue them and always seem a bit out of their reach. Not to be confused with unrequited love, a bit out of your reach. Now, this is one that I, I, I personally loved learning about, and it's the rake. Now, fellas that are listening to this, or females that are listening to this, or them, theys, or vers that are listening to this, You ever wonder how you look at a relationship and you're just like, bro, what does she see in him? Like, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a car. He doesn't do anything. And that's where we introduce the rake. The rake is a male seducer who catches the female fancy and their passing fancy and glances by just just unendingly pursuing her. Just like the siren has an effect on men due to their physical appearance and their air of, like, danger and, like... God, I'm using like so much. Their dazzling appearance. The female fancy, like, they get, that's how they get people to pursue them. Just like the siren. 
A rake has an effect on women due to his ability to show an unbroken devotion. Like, you will be attracted to this type of person because it seems like they're madly in love with you. They show no hesitation, no reluctance, and they unbashedly admit their weakness when your presence. Meaning like there's like oh, you just make me so crazy, baby. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't contain myself. Hence making him every woman's dream come true. In a way, I personally think every woman technically does want somebody to like 100% love them and only them. Unless you are the type of woman who likes to explore her sexuality and get out there and down and dirty in the sheets. Your body counts your business. But the rake is an expert at using his words and language to show his devotion. Like the siren, the rake also keeps a part of his personality hidden, creating a sense of danger and thrill. He also has a reputation for being a ladies man and being reckless in love, but never downplays it. He never hides his notoriety. Everybody knows about it. But instead, he uses it to his, dis his advantage to generate interest in women. There's always something hidden. Y'all have seen the post where it's just like, girls always choose asshole guys? Nah, that man's just playing the perfect part. He knows what part he has to play to get girls. And whether he's faking to get something out of them, and it's really sad because that's a, that's a style of love and a form of manipulation. All, all of these are like types of lovers and manipulators, bro. And there you go. That's part of the reason why girls date ain't shit niggas. Sometimes, the, some, I gotta stop. Sometimes the guy's actually a really good guy and they're just trying to honestly uplift him. Just like same thing happens with girls, same thing happens with any relationship. Moving on. The ideal lover. The ideal lover is, I'm, come on, bro. As the name suggests, it represents a fantasy lover. The one who makes, who makes you feel like everything's all fucking comfortable and great. And in the book, he uses the examples of like Casanova and like, Madame Pompadour to describe an ideal lover. So according to him, like Casanova is historically considered the most successful producer, seducer. But he used this like he used this observation because Casanova, like bro, he always tried to fit what it seemed like women were missing in their lives, and that's why he was known as such a great lover. He used careful observation to determine a woman's needs and presented himself as the epitome of what she desired. That's all. It's almost like the rape, but not technically, because like I said, everybody has their own unique things that they need, want, and crave that they might not be able to satisfy themselves. It's, eh, hmm. What's this? This one's actually kind of interesting because, like, just just like Pompadour, because like the way he the way he got women was because through his costumes and like he did all types of innovative activities and projects. He, he would just win over people's hearts. But this is where something else pops in. This is the next one in my list. The dandy. Now, y'all ever wonder why girls like E-Boy so much? You ever wonder why they like, like, who's the, the who's that singer? Andy? The, the guys from My Chemical Romance, boy bands? It's because they play the role of the dandy. And the dandy is the kind of seducer who offers the kind of forbidden freedom that most people can only dream of, but they can't hope to achieve. A dandy is like, think about it like this, bro. They're essentially a radical person who does not give a fuck about tradition, and they only rely on insolence and stupidity to attract the opposite sex. Not only, but they often do. Dandies can be men and women. A male dandy is a non-aggressive male seducer. 
He's somebody that appears like usually sophisticated, maybe graceful, maybe well kept. Where a male, a male dand, a male dandy will dress feminine in an appeal, and he'll show such an attention to detail, while a woman dandy has masculine qualities in her appearance and attire. Like, think, think, think about it in this way. In a way, people all like that. Not all of us, but there are people that want the forbidden things. Like, there's a reason a lot of guys like tomboys is because she's so much like a guy, but she's not a guy. It's the same thing about girls who like guys that wear nail polish and pay incredible attention to detail on themselves. Like, to an extra vain level. The nail polish, the lipstick, the eyeliner, it's all because in... Bro, it, it's, it's, it's an attraction mechanism. When you see something like that and you you just it goes into your eyes, you're attracted to it because you're like it's like you. So you're seeing yourself in it. Also, you're seeing the traits and qualities that you look for in a lover in them. Now, this is one because I'm not going to name all of these guys because I will admit I think there's well, I, I could probably name them all. I have the time, so some of them get lengthy, but I'll try and paraphrase them the best I can, as I try to do in my script anyway. There's, um, moving on, there's the type of lover known as the natural. Now, many people consider their childhood is the best time of their fucking lives, because it, we, we have a sense of loss and mourning in our childhood, because it's the time of our lives that we have to make precious, and it's all desired. The seducer is someone who is somehow, through the cruelty of the fucking world, maintain those childhood, that childhood trait, bro. They have that, that, that childlike innocence about them that makes them irresistible. Like, they're just like a kid. They're impish. They're vulnerable. Sometimes they're defenseless. They're open and spontaneous. They make the audience lower their guards because they, they appear so, like, so, so unguarded and fresh. People are like usually attracted to them because they represent a refreshing experience in contrast to like adult life, bro. Like nigga, bro, adult life is terrible. It's literally like work, 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 save, save, work, save, work, live for the weekends, which we can't even do anymore because coronavirus has everything locked down. Like we want people to, to, to just let us out, bro. We want people to like, bring a flare into our lives. That's kind of what all of these lovers do in a sense. But though the natural presents a childlike quality, they also bring the wisdom of adulthood combined with the two together. It creates an irresistible charm. A good example of this damn near could be like Charlie Chaplin, if you really want to get like specific. Because he kind of personifies the idea of being a natural. Now, we're going to move on to one that I personally fucking hate. And I noticed this shit in countless times. And that is the coquette. And Jesus fucking Christ. The coquette is the kind of seducer who leads a person on without offering instant gratification. The way they operate is to delay satisfaction. Just alternating between like unexplained warmth and coldness. So you stay in a, you stay in a state of anticipation. You remember I told you about people that will specifically want to be your friend but still use you to get the things that they want? This is the coquette. 
this is what a coquette is. That is what a coquette is. They play on not only like, like, I guess you in general, they play on human psychology. Knowing that anything that is easily available to humans is not necessarily of value. You remember I, I said in the unrequited love, you will grow up thinking that the people that give you love easily is not worthy. You're like, it came too easily. I didn't have to work for it. It's not real love. That's the thing I fucking hate about coquettes, man. Or people that at least practice the coquette style of like life. They delay the instant gratification. They keep you in the fucking dark and they push and pull you and it fucks with your head and it tears you apart. Hence, they create a persona of being unavailable and this generates excitement. Like, just, just a fucking air of, I want to be around them, I want to be there. Even if it is just me being mistreated. But that's why, as you can clearly see from what I'm explaining, like, people that fall under the banner of coquettes are somewhat narcissistic as well. And they have no qualms, no worries, no issues in making their victims pursue them fucking relentlessly. They create a sense of insecurity in their targets, and when they reach the brink, they pull them back with a show of warmth and affection. They play with emotions, swinging between love and fucking hate. Love and hate are super similar emotions, bro. Love and hate will drive human beings to destroy the fucking planet, kill anybody that stands in our way. But with coquettes, man, it's just... It... it Bro, dealing with this type of person, this type of lover in particular, will really fuck you up. Especially if they're not doing it for the end goal of wanting you. If they're just doing it to actually play you, or they bow out and never communicated it. But that's just how it is. Some people are like this. Some people are like this and don't know it. Maybe they need therapy. Maybe I need therapy. Who knows, bro? Moving on, the charmer. Charmers are those who seduce by making their targets the center of attention. This is not to be confused with the rake. The rake un, un, unabidingly devotes himself to one person. However, these people, they don't highlight their own selves, but rather the entire focus is on bringing comfort and pleasure to their victims. Now, I need to also note that when I say victims here, guys, I'm not meaning people that are the ones being taken advantage of. I'm just meaning the people that are the ones just, this is happening to them. Being real. Like, if you're playing somebody in a, like, a game and you plan on beating them, bro, they're your victim. You plan on winning. They plan on losing. You plan on taking that W from them. But the charmer, the charmer will avoid all sorts of conflict and appeal to, once again, a person's sense of vanity by making them talk about themselves. They watch and observe, allowing their targets to completely open up. And once they know your weakness, they use that information so you can give them exactly what they want. This allows them to have complete holes on their targets. An example in the artist's deduction book with this was from, it was the example of uh, Benjamin, uh, I, think the, I think the name was like Disraeli or Disarel, Disraeli, and Queen Victoria's relationship. Disraeli knew that the queen, he knew that Queen Victoria longed for a man's attention. And he used this to gain her confidence and proximity to get inside of her court, which led to him gaining even more power. Again, very similar to some of these other, like, love, like, these styles of lovers that I'm naming off, guys. But, not necessarily, like, these can, these can be done in a good way. Like, this could be a person trying to just bring out the best in you. Trying to figure out what you want. Or, like, how they can best serve you. So, don't instantly see these and just start to picking apart stuff in your life. 
You do. You need to take the words that I'm putting out. Go look at them yourself. You, you don't even have to read Robert Greene's book, bro. But just go look. Go watch a YouTube video on it. Go watch psychology videos on it. Go talk to your friends about relationships. Like, try and get a good picture of everything that's going on around you before you try and label somebody as one of these. Because, like I said, humans do vary. But I'm guessing by now in these explanations that you all have started to, like, pinpoint certain types of people in your lives and you're just like motherfucker that really happened to me that's just how it is sometimes we're getting towards the end guys and now we're gonna get to the charismatic charismatic seducers are like they're inborn to be exciting because they come across as self-sufficient and self-driven like independent strong they represent the kind of personality that most people want to be it's like i want to be like this guy these type of people, they make great orators, great public speakers, visionaries, leaders. People might look towards them to alleviate their sufferings or to even save them. They use their powerful personalities and their way with words to sway emotions and stir up change. Some charismatic figures are able to seduce by creating contradictions within their personalities. Cruelty, kindness, power, vulnerability, strength, weakness, love, hate. They, the charismatic usually is just the type of person that is so devolved in their work that you can't help admire them and what they're doing. You're just like, he's so enamored on his craft. He's just so focused. It's amazing. I'm all sure we've, we've seen people like that. We appreciate people for their music, the craft, the, like the heart and soul that they put into their music and all the time that they put into like even master their instruments, whether that instrument be their voice or actual hand instruments. But finally, guys, we're going to wrap up the Styles of Lovers with the star. <laughs> Shitty sound effect. The star has a glamorous, super dramatic presence. They present themselves as like, they're the object of fascination. President Kennedy, for a good example, was a star. He won over his opponents by his star-like qualities. He was, he was eloquent. Stars seduce the like, they seduce people's like, low-key, low-key their subconscious minds by appealing to the, like, hum humans have a built-in need for fascination. We are generally curious, and that's why we keep building shit like ants, and that's why we keep expanding our population like fucking ants. Like, we just we just keep doing it. We're gonna keep doing it. Uh, uh, God damn it, humans. But people are attracted towards the star because they are fascinated by them, and they can relate to them at the same time. They're like, wow, this man's, like, really out here doing it, but, like, He'll still fucking talk shit just like me. He's a good old boy. People kind of, you'll hear a lot of like fucking Trump supporters saying this to be real with you because they say Trump's just like them. He's the guy who speaks his mind. I'm not even going to go into a Trump rant, but. In the end, I hope that listing the different styles of lovers and listing common manipulation tactics and how you might be able to deal with them helped you guys and i really hope that if you're going through any of these type of situations in your life or you're dealing with this type of person that you get the best possible outcome for yourself because it's not fun it's just not love is a dangerous game bro it's really fucked up it's really painful and if you don't play it right you get hurt now when it does come to manipulation we do all have to remember that we we, we get manipulated a lot, and that causes us to have incredibly strong defense mechanisms so it doesn't happen again. Not everyone is out to get you. You do obviously need to somewhat remain vigilant to know that 
some people are not for you, you need to sometimes honestly trust your gut. If someone isn't showing you the time of day, let it be. They're probably doing it for a reason. I mean, we, you, you, you wouldn't want to get into a situation where like you have somebody that's like, I'm, I'm still gonna call them a coward in this situation. But let's say they don't necessarily like dislike you. They, they just kind of don't know what they're doing. And then you're always still hitting them up. So they're just like, uh, I don't want to like get close to you, bro. But like, I don't dislike you. So you hang out and you're thinking they're hanging out with you because you're like, yes, they, they like me. This is how this is going to turn out. But you're just friends, bro. Sometimes that's what it is too. And you hurt your own feelings for stuff that never mattered. When someone tells you they're not looking for a relationship at when you start talking, bro, if you aren't looking for a relationship, chances are, like, that shit's not going to work out with somebody that is looking for a relationship. You, you don't just change people's minds like that. I guess, personally, if you think that you're that type of person and that you're that bomb, then go ahead, bro. Do you. Do you, as I say in all my podcasts. But that'll conclude the episode today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed it. I actually enjoy talking a lot about these type of things because I'm learning that the more you go through life, it's not always logical. And a lot of time it is emotional and everybody's individual experience on love is different. We can all talk to each other about it and offer support and words, but like sometimes there's no difference. But sometimes there's a major difference. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. This was a wonderful episode. And tune in for episode 30 later on this week of the Psych War Podcast. You've all been great. Wait, 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 wait. Yo, be sure to leave a viewer message or like any type of messages, guys. Because I, I get maybe like one or two an episode when they top the double digits in plays. But I still feel like some of you, like you interact with me on a daily basis or even on like the social media basis. So if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and leave a voicemail on there. Leave a shout out. Who knows what might happen? You might get a random psych ward gif. You all have a great day. And this has been the psych ward coming at you.